This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by CuraDebt. CuraDebt Debt Counseling offers you free debt settlement consultations. You're not dealing with the banks. You're not dealing with the credit cards. You're dealing with a company that is there to work for you and not the creditors. Hey, bad things happen. Bad things happen to all of us. If you have $10,000 or more in unsecured or credit card or personal loan debt, you owe it to yourself to give them a call. Pick up the phone, call 866-951-2699 for your free debt consultation. CuraDebt will work with you and provide you with a roadmap to rebuilding your credit. It's free. You have absolutely nothing to lose, but possibly the bad stuff that comes along with debt. 866-951-2699. Gather up your statements, give them a call, and take advantage of a free consultation. 866-951-2699. Cure a debt. 866-951-2699. Now, on with the show. Did you miss us? Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan David. We're back from vacation, and I'm joined, as always, by Bert. Hello, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Ah, I am mentally and emotionally exhausted, not only from, you know, being, quote, on vacation, but uh, coming back to the fallout of being, quote, on vacation without the boss. So, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's been rough. I, uh, I need two or three mental health days for myself, and that's just not going to happen. But here we are, another week, another Nerd Cognita. We want to thank everybody for your patience. Say, I saw... Because even though I was on vacation and I promised that I wasn't going to, you know, be tethered to my phone looking at stupid internet things like the twatter or the 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 podcast numbers or uh, podcast emails or any of that stuff. But I, I did pop in and I saw that a lot of people took me up on my offer and went back into the archives and listened to a show that they might have missed uh, shout out basic expert. Your show was like the winner last week for, for people going back. A lot of folks looking to become some cow punchers, Bert. Well, we did it. I mean, it's an easy system. Anybody can pick it up. Yeah, no, I, I think it is an easy system. You know, we, we don't really have a format for tonight. We're just going to sort of free form it. And then we've got two weeks worth of news. I don't know. <laughs> of course. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but it's I going it to depends. be. Bullshit and mega news tonight uh, on, on Nerd Cognito. <laughs> I guess it depends on what the news is, if it's good or bad. Uh, it's a little bit of both, as always. I, I actually didn't have anything that made me want to vomit as, as I was just skimming through the news or before the show. Um, we did get cowpunchers to the table in the Nerd Cognito group, as we said that we were going to. And uh, we ran a creation and two full sessions and I think it went over better than expected, but with our group, I don't think it's going to have legs to be a full-fledged, like, long-term campaign. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, everybody, 
uh, as a as an experiment, I think it worked out well. Everybody kind of jumped in and tried to play their characters, but it's not our usual bill of fare. No, and I think that a lot of the other players at the table really, I don't want to use the term we're let down, but we're expecting more as far as character progression. And I tried to beat it into their skulls that this system is meant for death. <laughs> right, right. And, right. and, and it, it just, uh, I don't think it's going to have legs, but I think we have some great characters in our party. And I think that if we were to make a transition into another system using these characters as a base template, hint, hint, oh, hint, what we're going to do next gaming session, uh, I, I think it's going to work out well. Because I actually started to really enjoy some of the development that we had with all of our characters. I did too. I mean, you know, my character... At first, I was like, oh, okay, well, this fits. And then once I got into it, I was like, well, what kind of man is he? And what would he do in this situation? And, you know, you, you start to kind of get a feel for your character. So I could see myself playing that character long term, but maybe not in the system we're currently using. I was I was hoping Mikey would jump into the show tonight. <laughs> you know, hope springs internal <laughs> with Michael. Um, but uh, I really wanted to bust his balls about shooting the six-year-old Chinese kid right between the eyes. Oh, man. Uh, it happened. It happened. There was a group of some uh, Chinese children that were migrants in the town in our cowpunchers setting, and uh, the the posse went off to investigate some some happenings up in the Silver Mesa mine. And unfortunately, you know... Those kidnapped children were there, and two of them crept out around the corner, and boom! Hey, at least he got that uh, that critical success on his core die, right? Right. I mean, you know, the kind of teaches you look before you shoot. Yeah, yeah. Don't Always. don't shoot until you know what it is. But no, I think I think the group had a really good time with it. I don't know what we're going to transition into. I have a germ of an idea to spin it into fantasy and throw it into 13th Age. And I have a really good way that I think it can be done. And without tipping my hand too much, I just want you to think American gods. And um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I think it would allow for the transition of the posse into a party with some liberties taken as far as possible race shifting, right? Because right now everyone's everyone's a human, everyone's a cowboy. Um, that may not be the case if we go to fantasy, and I have a way to work it into the story. So stay Thinking tuned. Kaius. Stay <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Did you do anything nerdy this this off week when we were? Not splitting internet hairs. Actually, did a few nerdy things this week. The wife and I got caught up on Stranger Things. Ah, I, I'm still lot. back in season two. <laughs> yeah, we finished season four this week. Um, I got to break out uh, some of my Korean recipes, and I made Korean barbecue today, and watched a few Korean dramas. Well, I, I'm down for the barbecue. 
That sounds delicious. Was I yeah, assume it was delicious. Yeah, it's a dish called galbi, and they're marinated uh, beef spare ribs, grilled, and then you serve them with a bunch of sides and rice. Yum, yum, yum. Anything else tickle your nerd funny bone? I, um, I had to tiptoe around that one. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. I've been playing the Nino Kuni mobile game. Yes, I saw one. that that launched. Are you a fan? I was really enjoying it until the bots found it, and now I can't <laughs> log in. Basically, I was I got all the way up to level 40, and the last three days, every time I try to log in, there's at least a 1,000 people waiting. Oh, and it looks like the creator's, the creator's solution, because I guess they're mostly bots and things, the creator's solution is going to a sc- subscription service, and I'm not going to pay eight bucks a month to play it. That That is a shame. I, I, I did not play the mobile game, but I did thoroughly enjoy both White Witch and Revenant Kingdom. So Revenant Kingdom was probably my favorite of the Nino Kuni games. Yeah, it, it was it was an interesting time. I I jumped back in the past and finally busted out uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition this week while I was in South Florida hell. <laughs> okay. And um, going back through as Shepard and uh, having a good time with it. There's a lot that I forgot. I mean. Hell, the game's almost 15 years old, right? It is 15 years old. Right, um, I mean, I haven't played Mass Effect in a long time. So I, I I did finally play one of those games that I bought on launch that just sat there forever for two reasons. One is I wanted something different because, you know, it was, for lack of a better term, my vacation. And, and two, I needed something that I could stream from GeForce Now to I have my parents set up, you know, because technology is not their forte. I right. have them set up with uh, Google TV Chromecasts. So I needed something that I could install the app on and not have to worry about packing a device. All I had to do was throw a Xbox controller in my bag and boom, there it was. So had a good time. Uh, some of it shows its age, but story... It's it's fucking Mass Effect. It's a great, great space opera. And it's Bioware. Who doesn't love Bioware games? Oh, that's true. And a good space opera is, you know, worth its weight in gold. You know, you have some of those great dramatic elements, and then every space opera, you know, has those sort of comedic elements, too, which just sort of make the thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging going back in time with Mass Effect. Now... It's probably going to get forgotten from this point forward <laughs> because I have such a backlog of shit to play. But uh, I definitely had a good time with it. Other than that, I mean, it was hotter than hell down there. I warned you, South Florida this time of year is, you know, Satan's armpit. Oh, I know. And, and normally I can deal, right? I'll go to Vegas in August. But when you're dealing with Ryan, did you turn the thermostat down? It's below 82 degrees. Your father is shivering. That's right, right. I had to go lay in bed under 75 blankets. Oh, man. It's, it, was, it, was, it was not enjoyable. 
But, and considering your little man is used to our climate, I bet he was, you know, unhappy with the heat eh, all day long. Kids bounce, right? They they don't care. Plus, he he would have lived in the pool if I would have let him. Um, he was in that pool at least three times a day, every day. And well, what's the point of having a pool in South Florida if you're not in it? You know, every chance you get. Well, I've often asked that. You know, of my. Hey guys, you know, you now have this house, you have this pool, you have this hot tub. Oh, I don't go in the pool. I've only been in the pool four times in eight years. Now, wow. Now, now to my father's credit, he does use the pool, but uh, nobody wants to hear the Dave and Elaine show. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to live that sort of hell. The only thing that would be worse than that would be like 24 hours of news. We've got two weeks worth of news, Bert. Well, uh, the only way to do it is to begin it, I guess. Hit me. Uh, It did make sort of this episode a little easier to throw the format together for. I'm not going to lie. And there there was stuff that was worth taking a look at. But boy, are we backlogged. And I want to thank the folks that, ironically, were positive and not toxic with their feedback to the show. And they said, hey, you know, we know you guys are are off this week. Did you see this? Did you see that? So I would say better than a third of our news stories are curated by the Nerd Cognito audience this week so thank you thank you thank you if you emailed nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com and sent us a news story some of them direct messaged me on twitter and sent me and said hey did you see this did you see this so thank you thank you thank you so very very much for for forwarding the news you made the powers that be and my life a lot easier this week oh Oh, yeah, because doing research for two weeks worth of news when you've been on vacation all week, that's a rough thats a rough uh, ask. Oh, so no, if, thank you, everybody, who sent it in. If it were solely up to me, we would have had, like, two news stories, and this week would have been a nano because I am fried. I literally got in yesterday, and oh, oh. you know the state of the airlines right now. Oh, yeah. I was delayed going out. I was delayed coming back. The whole rigmarole of why I was down there for so long was because they didn't have a nonstop. Oh, uh, it was it was atrocious. And apparently, I was the last flight that got off the ground yesterday because a giant, severe thunderstorm with like golf ball sized hail hit the cool. area, and I couldn't figure out why they they were rushing boarding. Right. Right. And. And usually, I get to just sit back and relax because yeah, I'm snooty, right? I, I I like the board first, and I have a preference for seats, and I'm willing to pay for it. But so I get to watch the whole boarding process. They were shoving them in to get that plane off the ground, and you know I think before all the baggage was stowed, they were pushing back. We were the last flight to get off. Everything else was canceled behind me. So wow. I barely made it back. <laughs> oh, taken to the skies, man. Nobody wants to work. They just can't get flight crews. I was talking to a very pretty flight attendant that um, turns out is a gamer. So really? 
I did, you know, happen to drop the show to her, Allison, if you're listening. Send me a DM at I hate Ryan David and don't tell my wife. Um, no, very lovely flight attendant that was a gamer that sort of embodies the whole nerd cognito movement because looking at her, she was very glam and very pristine, and I would have never pegged her for a gamer. And she happened to see that I was playing Sagrada on my tablet in flight, and she actually kicked up a conversation with me. And uh, what up, Allison? Anyway, I was in the skies barely yesterday. But uh, speaking of the skies, how big of a Bioshock fan were you, Bert? Um, I played the first one and some of the second. Okay, okay. I was, I was a really. I know this will surprise you. Dark horror first-person shooter. I was a really big Bioshock fan. And, oh, I bet. And uh, the third one, Bioshock Infinite, instead of being underseas in Rapture, it took to the skies and was in Colombia with a little sojourn back to Rapture. But it was really interesting to see just the dynamic of the city of Colombia. And I stumbled across a new board game that is coming okay. out called Skyrise. And I wouldn't have given it a second thought because, you know, it, it sounds like any other city builder, build em up, auction, point salad game, right? Okay, all right. So it's a it's you know it's a point salad city builder. Some we played a few of those. I, I would say it's got a little more auction in it, right? But but still, you're there. But the artwork blew me away, and it instantly threw me back to Bioshock Infinite. Hmm. Um, some of the sculpts are, I swear, they could have been right out of the video game. The art style perfectly matches with it it is a beautiful beautiful game now it was created by gavin brown and that was one of the designers of brass birmingham and i always butcher sebastian pauchon's name so i hope that i got it right this time but he was uh the designer of jaipur see i butcher his games names too Wow. Um, but definitely two big guys with great pedigrees. Right. Absolutely. Teamed up with Adam Wise, which is also not a name to sneeze at in the board game world. He was the designer behind Mask of Red Death. And they have this art deco, beautiful city building auction game. That is coming to market. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an image. Okay. I want okay. you to look at these sculpts of the buildings. Oh wow, these are insane. They are insane. I'll send you some I, some some art links too. I love these. Uh, again, when you see it on paper, auction, city builder, point game, I've got how many games just clogging stuff up. But when I saw the art, I was instantly hooked. Well, you always were an Art Deco fan, and the uh, the way the pieces are, you know. Well, it's I'd on be, Kickstarter uh... right now, July first. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, until July 1st, I should say. So if you're looking for it, check out Skyrise on Kickstarter. You'll probably be able to see all of the stuff that I just sent to Bert. And just take in the beauty. Incredible pedigrees from great designers. A truly fascinating time period and and beautiful art. Uh, the only reason I'm hesitant to say I'm absolutely going to back it is... You know, our group in auctions, I'm down with it. But when we get into negotiation games, not that it ruffles feathers. It's just not the cup of tea for at least two of the members of our group. So yeah, there is that. There is that. Developers from Introversion Software, one of my favorite independent studios. I played Prison Architect for in excess of 500 hours, Bert. Of course you did. Of course I did, right? <laughs> um, they finally have released their next management game, The Last Starship, which is a procedurally generated journey through all sorts of missions like mining asteroids and battling space pirates. But when it comes down to it, you're building your fucking spaceship. <laughs> bit by bit by bit. It's not a city builder. It's a spaceship builder. I, it's what I've always wanted. I, I've played games like Space Haven and some of the other games that are in this vein, and they always leave me unsatisfied. But knowing how much I enjoy the work from Introversion... Going all the way back to Darwinia, I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, it's an interesting take on a on a builder. Like it, it's not something that's common. So that by itself makes it interesting. The sort of change of genre. Who doesn't want to build their own spaceship, man? I want my warp core here. I want my engineering deck here. My bridge is going to go here. My weapon systems are going to go here. Like There have been a lot of games that have done this. And some of them that have done it reasonably. But no one that's done it perfectly. And I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that this is the perfect thing. It's alpha right now. It's going to be out later this year. So it's still very, very early. I do remember... <laughs> prison architect being early access for like six years. <laughs> so so I, 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 I hold my breath and cross my fingers and see, see what, see what will happen. But I, I am going to pick this up just because of their track record and their history. Yeah. When you do, you'll have to let me know how it is. It might be something that I could get into. You know, city builders, I'm not normally a city architect kind of guy, but the idea of building your own starship is a little more appealing. I definitely will. And just based on price history, I don't recall seeing a price, but I'll bet you it's going to be sub $20 or maybe 20 bucks when it finally... I, I assume it's going to go early access as well. That's sort of their their MO lately, but I'll, I will let you know. I, I can drop 20 bucks on that. I don't have to drop, well, of course, I'll still have the license for it because I do need 
the high, high-end tools for some of my other projects, but uh, Adobe is going to launch their web version of Photoshop free to everybody. And right now, the freemium version is already live in Our Neighbors to the North, the land of tyranny and maple syrup, Canada. Ooh, I really? Said, I, ooh, 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 my childhood came out. I said syrup. Did you hear that? I did hear you say syrup. Oh, syrup. Syrup. Oh, hey, Rob, pass the syrup. Syrup, syrup, syrup. I'm sorry. I'm, it's syrup. That was one of the ones that was really hard when I was an undergrad thinking that I was going to be on the radio for a career was breaking SERP. SERP was one of the ones that was tough for me. I can believe it. I mean, everybody's got a certain word they pronounce off. You know what I mean? And SERP, what you grew up with it, it kind of made its way in there and it's hard to root that stuff out. Oh, terrible. terrible. I, I feel dirty saying SERP. Anyway, Free Photoshop on the web. Of course, it's going to be a stripped down and lighter version. I highly doubt that it's going to have high level tools or like content aware fill. But if you need to resize a picture, if you need to just recolor a section, if you just need to crop something out, it's the way to go. And I can see this as really making an end road into a market that Adobe has missed, which is the Chromebook education segment. Hmm. Yeah, you have a point because, uh, you know, those online, because Chromebooks lack the internal storage for that kind of stuff, right? Well, usually storage and processor and all of the above. But this, you know, could be leveraged into giving educators folks that aren't necessarily going to be design majors and can't pony up for or won't pony up for the full license man this could be a way to really shatter some barriers and get some more folks you know i'm huge on this and just opening up these tools is a huge huge thing oh absolutely plus you know it, it it's nice because it opens things up for more you know small creators as well Oh, sure, sure. Uh, 90% of what I do probably could be done in here. And then the average Joe on the street isn't going to use them, isn't going to learn them. So we'll see. It's not like they're creating an animated movie from the 90s. <laughs> That's true. That I can't wait to come out. That more news has been released. <clears throat> Beavis and Butthead do the universe will also be followed up by a new television series <laughs> for adults like older Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I don't know. Mike judge was in an interview and let it leak that Beavis and Butthead both in the movie and in the ensuing series will not only have their classic commentary of music videos, but they're also going to include YouTube clips and TikTok videos. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
It's going wow. to be amazing until it gets canceled. <laughs> and it probably will. Oh, it's going to get canceled. It's going to get canceled. Uh, this week, Beavis and Butthead do the Universe launches on Paramount Plus June 23rd. That is ding, 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 ding. Tomorrow, viewing party, my house. But <laughs> ensuing series, Bert. Ensuing series. I cannot wait. Oh, yeah, I know what a fan you were of the original series. It's so stupid. And so, just, we talked guilty pleasures a couple months ago. Oh, Beavis and Butthead is such a guilty pleasure. It is just drink beer and laugh. And take it for what it is. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Also, <laughs> resurrecting some things from the past. This one's a little nerdy. Or, I mean, the whole show's a little nerdy. This one's a lot nerdy. So I'm going to... okay. Just do a quick gloss over of it, but you know that I like my toys, especially toys that create things. Sure, absolutely. And uh, I try to follow a couple of scenes, you know, 3D printing, modeling, design, etching, and CNC manufacture. Well, someone... Someone that is insane, by the way, and in a good way, was able to take a piece of MDF, just flat piece of board. Okay. And using their CNC router, program the router to cut a wooden record that can be played on a Victrola. On a Victrola, no less. On a 78, yep. So not only is it a wooden Play disc, but it plays on a Victrola. Do you have many of those sitting around your house these days? I have one. I do have a stand-up Victrola. <laughs> that's one more than I have. <laughs> well, they're, they're, well, yeah, come on, that, that that's that's in my wheelhouse, right? Yeah, it, it, it's upstairs. Um, it, it's great. I don't have a ton of 78s for it because they sound like crap. But it certainly is a conversation piece, and it's the equivalent of an end table in one of the bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about the right size for and those. They that's they were a, a very yeah a very tall end table. It stands probably to my chest, and uh, yeah, this guy cut a wooden record. You want to hear it? Yeah, I know absolutely. Wanna I want to hear it. This is the original song. And you're going to hear it cut into the record. All right, it sounds like shit. Right? Yeah, that's that's rough. But it's interesting that you did it with a CNC router. It fucking worked, man. That's awesome. I mean, it's just a little bit of nerdy, nerdy goodness. It... it, it Sounds absolutely terrible, but the fact that it's wood and it worked, and God, I, the stylus on that Victrola is probably done. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. 
but it, it is was definitely not made to rub against wood. It is super, super cool. And, uh, I just wanted to, to share, you know, a little more geek out moment for me than the nerd cognito moment. But, uh, I thought it was really neat. This dude not only figured out how to program it, which I, I guess it's like running anything else in the CNC, but to cut it in such a way that it actually worked. I, I was impressed. I was impressed. Absolutely. I mean, that's uh, intriguing. Like, why would somebody think to do that? And how did he get it to work? Like, it's the technical aspects of that are just kind of really sort of interesting. He is an audio engineer with an engineering degree. Uh, okay. So, you know, it's, it's what he likes to do. And, and he did it. Hey, tell me again and make sure that my memory is functioning correctly. Your boss, your wife's favorite SNES RPG is... Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Well, there's a new JRPG that is going to be released that is kind of a mismatch, homage, and spiritual successor to Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Alterium really? Shift hmm. is going to release for consoles and PCs. The demo is going to hit in quarter three, which means that the game probably is looking at a holiday release. But the 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 developers are outright saying, yes, it was inspired by Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. We have three heroes. We're trying to, you know master our training in whatever it's very jrpg master our training oh, sure. in whatever it is and there is a world calamity <laughs> that, that you have to overcome combat is turn-based and of course has a learning curve so that you can know your monster's weaknesses and become more proficient in combat and it has everything down to fishing which is a more modern jrpg element the demo is going to come out on Steam, quarter three, this year. The artwork is 16-bit inspired. I don't want to compare it to Octopath Traveler because that's that HD 2D experience. Right. Right. It's not that. It's definitely a flat 16-bit inspired artwork, but it is all, you know, looks like custom sprites and hand-drawn artwork, which is beautiful. Very little information, but I did want to pull it just because I know that there is a soft spot in your wife's heart for it. So your Absolutely. wife is, you know, our number one fan for Nern Cognito. I can, I, I know download number one every week is, is, is it's her. So, <laughs> so throwing that one out for you, tell Bert to buy you Alterium Shift for Christmas. <laughs> another entertainment franchise that is being put together by what can be called a Hollywood elite. Okay. It takes just about everything that is hot right now and shoves it into the box. It's NFT based card games. It's oh, no. comic books. It's animation. It's film. 
the only redeeming quality that this fucking venture has is that it's Mila Kunis and she is hotter than hell. What is this venture? Mila Kunis has partnered with the founder of Graphic India to establish a multi-platform global entertainment franchise called Armored Kingdom Media Incorporated. Interesting. Now, here's where it gets to be very Hollywood and very, very Mila Kunis. The fantasy world will be built on the carbon-neutral, community-driven blockchain near and will introduce people to characters and stories from the fictional medieval dynasties of Amoria. So it's an NFT fantasy Ooh. card game that is tied to a crypto. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's all over the goddamn place. Yeah, the only thing I'm is... going to do is buy this crypto right before it launches and dump it a month after it launches. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, the way you describe it, it sounds like somebody threw a bunch of, like, buzzwords in a blender and hit puree. Yeah, it's, the articles that I've read have all used, in the headline, the term buzzword. This thing's doomed for failure, man. She's just burning Ashton Kutcher's money, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's their money to spend. It is, it is. They certainly have more than I do, so good for them. Although there have been a bunch of Ashton Kutcher ventures that I said, this isn't going to work, and fucking dudes getting residuals. So what do I know? What do I know? He's getting residuals, and he's banging Mila Kunis. So it can't be that bad. I mean, life is good for some people, I guess, right? I guess. I guess. You know what was that bad? What's that? Every iteration outside of the original motion picture of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Oh, I remember. I'm going to date myself. When E.T. came out in theaters, they released this terrible board game. I had it as a child. (laughs) I had it too. The one where you had to build the cardboard rocket ship. Yes, yes. And 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 that, that stupid spaceship. After the first time you played it, you could never build it again because it was wrecked. Oh, yeah. Um, then do we need to mention E.T. for the 2600? Oh, Lord, no, not that. Well, I mean, E.T. doesn't have a great track record for games. But Funko is hoping to change all of that. And preliminary reviews are pretty good. Now, you know, Funko is really targeting that, I don't want to say cheap, but I'm going to say cheap. Cheap board game market, right? They're hitting those sub-40 and usually sub-30 dollar games, and they're hitting it hard. Well, they teamed up with the Prospero Hall team, which are also very focused in that category. We've played Jaws, which was one of their games. They did a Jurassic Park game as well. But they are going to put out a small box board game. So think same vein as Jaws or Alien or some of the other ones that are in that category that we've played. That's two to four players. And it's getting decent reviews in the preliminaries. Really? Now that's interesting. You play as Elliot or Michael or Gertie. 
And then they needed the fourth player. I don't even remember who this was from the film. Greg. Do you remember who Greg was? I do not. I mean, I know Michael. I know Gertie. I know Elliot. Who's Greg? Sure, absolutely. Anyway, Greg. <laughs> player four, Greg. Um, and, you know, you move yourself or E.T. around the board. You collect communicator pieces. You evade federal agents. This sounds like something that we played hosed down in E.T. Juice. Wait, it, it almost sounds like the alien board game. It, it really does. It really does. And, you know, we know there's no copyright on a mechanic. You can skin anything however you want. Um, but it, it really looks like it, too. But really? yeah, time okay. will tell. For thirty bucks, I'll I'll bite. I'll I'll get a copy of it. That's not life changing money by any means. We'll see how it goes. It's marketed for age ten and up, so I'm assuming it's a little lighter and more light hearted than the Alien board game was. I would think so. But... It does have standees, cardboard freaking standees, but it's oh. got plastic kids on bikes. So. <laughs> I know how much you love standees. Uh, 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 uh. You know, they took the guns away from the federal agents again. Walkie-talkies? No, they don't even have the walkie-talkies. They're just guys in suits. <laughs> guys in suits. Uh, but there is a, a, a pretty cool miniature of the E.T. spaceship, which, yeah, I mean, you don't see that very often. Yeah, and everybody knows that federal agents carry guns. No. They do. Guns kill people. Give that man a walkie-talkie. You know who else kills people? Megatron. Megatron, Megatron kills people and doesn't give a shit about it. And my favorite free streaming service just just earned more brownie points in my book. What's my favorite free streaming service, Bert? Pluto. Pluto TV. Autobots, we have our own channel. There is really? a Transformers television channel now airing on Pluto TV. What is it running? Transformers TV is going to have 24-7 with over 200 hours of content, including episodes of <sighs> Transformers Prime. Transformers mm. Robots in Disguise. Mm. Transformers Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures. Mm. But it's a start, right? Yeah, I mean, go back to the original 80s series. Put that on there. It's you know? a start. Me and the little man were watching that. Uh, oh, are you? Yeah. I love the original series. Of course, I have the complete original series because why wouldn't I? <laughs> I don't want him to watch modern garbage cartoons. Although, have you let him watch the movie yet? I have not gotten him in to watch the movie yet. Um, I want to get through the entire original series, and then we'll bring in Orson Welles. So, yeah, I have the original movie. Uh, I bought it, the special anniversary edition when it came out. So I had it on DVD. Oh, dating myself way back when. Um, I'm sure it's available digitally somewhere where I can rent it or buy it when, when the time comes. But yeah, Transformers Channel not airing the best iteration of Transformers. But there's hope. There's hope. We'll see. Don't let me down, Pluto. Go get that license. 
you know, I, I can't think of anywhere where I've seen Generation 1 of Transformers airing in a decade. I'm wondering if there's some sort of licensing hiccup. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, none of the streaming services that I can think of that I have had access to have had that series available. Right. If I didn't have the physical media for it, which I had to import, it wasn't a domestic release. I wouldn't be watching it right now. So Yeah, that, that's interesting. I wonder if there is some sort of copyright issue. I'm going to real quick just check the big beast and see if Amazon has it. I might be totally wrong and just oblivious because I've had it. And Who was your favorite first-generation Transformer, Ryan? Starscream, without a doubt. Followed up very closely by Megatron or Soundwave. Let's see. Of course, they're all fucking Decepticons, right? Of course they are. I can't say anything. I was a big Shockwave fan. Okay. But then, uh, other than that, I would probably have to say, probably Slag from the Dinobots. Ah, ah. See, and, and I almost... There is a reproduction of the Constructicons that is out, but it's ungodly expensive. It's like $200. Do they form Devastator? They do form Devastator. And I've been not buying it for about three months. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. There is not a modern release of the oh, original Transformers series. The only one that I can find is an old DVD release. And of course, um, you know, it's, I'm not going to buy that. No. And it looks like no. that this DVD release was just upscaled to to the Blu-ray that I have, which was imported. It's 40 bucks. But who has a DVD player anymore? Um, I think I still have one. I have one up in the bedroom. Now you have your PlayStation, too. That'll play a DVD. True. Yeah, I would do it. I think that I can reasonably say that uh, licensing is probably the problem. This video is currently be. unavailable to watch in your location. It's definitely a licensing issue. It's got to be. I mean, because originally, I think the Generation 1 series had over 100 episodes. Oh, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot. It's It's a lot. And... Back in the day, you know, we didn't recognize this as children because we just watched the fucking Transformers. It's episodic. Oh, yeah. It's great. I love it. Every week. Like, I mean, when you look at something that from when we our childhood, like Transformers or like He-Man, there were dozens and dozens of episodes because they didn't have short run. They didn't have short runs. Right. Right. It was episodic, it was weekly, and it just kept going. Yeah, it did. And now it sucks. When did seven episodes become a new season, you know? When streaming services had three seasons a year. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it's 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 the truth. All right. Um, video game or board game? Board game. Board game, you say? One of my favorite cult movies. Warriors! Come out to play. That's the title of the board game. The 1979 class, 
1979 cult classic, The Warriors, where the titular, see how I said that, Mila Kunis, uh, street gang is framed for murder of a charismatic uptown gang leader, and they have to escape New York without Kurt Russell. Um, is coming to board game land. Two to four players take on a role of one of the warriors and make their way through 1970s New York City. Interesting. It's an old property to be making a board game from. What's next? The Omega Man board game? I never got into the Omega Man. Charlton Heston? No. Classic film. I know, and it's not one of my favorite Heston films. I, I Soylent Green, fine. Planet of the Apes, great. Mega Man, just, just didn't do it for me. Yeah, for me it was always Soylent Green and then the Omega Man for Charlton Heston movies. But, uh, so back to the Warriors, so... It, it is another Funko property. $30. Okay. 45-minute playtime, fully cooperative. Do you think they're reskinning games here? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like their business model is take an old property, you know, make a fully create a fully cooperative game about it, release it for under 30 bucks, wash and repeat. Now, this one does have a different mechanic where you're earning reputation on a track, right? Okay. And it goes up and down, and it's sort of uh, you versus the board. It's definitely a race against the board feeling. Okay. Uh, the the playtest reviews that I've read of this game, people either really liked it or they didn't like that feeling of the clock always ticking. Uh, kind of like when we played the Back to the Future board game. Yes. Like it felt like we were short on time the entire time. Yes. And I, I think that that's sort of where it is. Um, again, 45-minute board game, cardboard standees. But it's hitting the right price point, and it does have nicely sculpted minis of the Warriors. Hmm, so okay. I will be buying the Warriors as well. Funko Were just got big... thir- easily 30 to 100 bucks of my money this week. Were you a big fan of the movie? I love the Warriors movie. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It was so delightfully over the top and so blurry as far as the lines of antagonist and protagonist. I mean, the Warriors weren't really hmm. good guys. No, they weren't. <laughs> but they, they uh, you know, and, and that uh, later films kind of reused that, but that was, you know, one of the earlier examples of that sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it really, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking or set a precedent, but it was the first time where you found yourself questioning whether you wanted to cheer the protagonists or not, because you were cheering the lesser of two evils. Right. So, that's where it is. And we'll wrap up, not only this week's news, but this week's episode with the talk of a new Fallout-style video RPG. Ooh, you know what a big Fallout fan I am. Now, Tell it's me not Fallout. 
going to okay. preface that, obviously, right? Right. Fallout 5, we'll be dead before that comes out. <laughs> no, but, no, we'll play it in our new robot bodies. Well, we can hope. We can hope. It's got a couple of members of the original Fallout team. Okay. So the untitled Fallout-style RPG that the developers are describing as their dream game. Okay. It's a retro-futurist isometric RPG. So isometric view. It's described by the team itself as a passion project. Top down. Now that's interesting. I think like Wasteland, right? The Or the revival right. of Wasteland. Sure. Baldur's Gate, that that whole isometric feel. There's no indication when the RPG will be formally announced or released. It was just a tease, which is why I saved it for one of the last two ones, because I know what a Fallout fan you are. Absolutely. So the developers are calling it their dream game. They are going to be working with uh, New Blood. That's the development studio. Should they be showing it this early? Probably not, and that's a self-admission. <laughs> but it's great to see that, I guess, old school... I spent so many hours of my youth playing isometric games. Oh, sure. I mean, excluding Diablo, there's still a, a ton of time that I spent looking at a screen with that perspective. Sure. Do you remember games like Smash TV? I do remember. Well, that's straight top down. Big money, big prizes. I love it. I loved Smash TV just for what it was. It was a stupid quarter muncher. You got yep. your friends in five bucks and you went through. And God damn it, the final boss was just Mutoid Man reskinned as the game show host. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, you then you all went and got a slice of pizza and left them all. Right. A lot poorer if you were playing Smash TV, by the way. Absolutely. Because that was like, dare I say, it was about a quarter a minute. <laughs> Pretty close. The only thing that ate my money faster than Smash TV was Mortal Kombat. Really? Yeah. See, at least you get a whole fight on Mortal Kombat. Right, but I was going up against guys who were much better in the arcade than I was, so it would be like, here's my quarter, dead. Okay, go, go, go get back in line. <laughs> Oh, you fatalityed me. Okay, back in line. <laughs> well, I'm spent. That was a lot of news, Bert. It was a ton of news, Ryan. Uh, you know, the, so many stories that we were, you know, that we weren't around for, you know. Taking a vacation is always harder to recover from than being on the vacation. Oh, don't get me started. I've got to... Never mind. I, I want to keep my marriage, so I'm going to just shut up right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few things for you to get done now that you're home i've got a whole laundry list of reworking the world you know so we'll see we'll see what happens if uh there's a knock at your door some night this week at like three in the morning just give me a couch <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say i've got a couch and cold beer uh i might need it but at least I won't have a pool full of news to go through next week. Next week, 
That is all I've got for this week. Before we sign off, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to go to the podcast provider of your choice. Make sure you are subscribed so that you do not miss another minute of nerdy goodness. I promise we're not going to laundry list the news anytime soon again. Uh, You might want to miss that one. Uh, This week's news. Like I said, nothing made my head blow up this week, so that's a good thing. Um, Make sure you are subscribed. Throw us that Sparkle Troll one-star review. We definitely love them and giggle at them. But the important thing is you don't want to miss a single episode of Nerd Cognito. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Bert this week. And we thank you, as always, for tuning in. Be safe out there, folks.